Kingdom Addict. Kingdom Addict. What a joy. What a joy to come your way with God's word once again. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God wherever you are. I want you to join us actively wherever you are now. Invite your friends, your family. Let them come online, even as we get into the word of God. Shall we bow down our heads as we get into prayer? Spirit of God, we thank you. We welcome you. We bless you for your help. The Bible says that it is in you we live, we move, and have our being. Thank you. For without you, we can do nothing. Spirit of God, my members are yielded to you. My mind, my soul, my body. Grant me utterance. Let your word go forward with precision and accuracy. Let no man or woman tune in at this time or watch this video at whatever time remain the same. Thank you, Spirit of God, for the transforming power of your word. Thank you that lives are impacted, life, lives are changed, lives are transformed via the instrumentality of your word. Be glorified in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, last Wednesday, during our discovery service, I began teaching on something that I believe is very profound and prophetic for this season. And I want you to take it very serious. It's a series that I'm likely to continue for some time in the weeks ahead. Come with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Of the times and seasons. If the Bible is yours, underline of the times and seasons. Take a look. Times and seasons. Then 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32 to 35. 1 Chronicles 12, 32 to 35. Let's read it together. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. And of the sons of Issachar, which were men who had, of the children of Issachar, which were men who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, of the times and seasons, brethren, uh, you have no need a uh, right unto you. Last Wednesday, I began teaching on understanding times and seasons. Understanding times and seasons. We need to understand times and seasons so we can know the right action, the right steps we ought to take as believers. It's very important that we develop the skill of managing and maximizing time. Many people don't understand and appreciate the value of time. Time is life. Life is measured in time. And so when you abuse time, you are abusing your life. When you abuse time, you are abusing God's gift of life to you. And I don't want you to abuse this season, this moment of lockdown, this moment where you are at home. You have to know how to maximize this season and get the best out of it. That is the essence of this series. Today, I'm going to focus on last Sunday, Wednesday, when I started the teaching, I spoke to you about the fact that in Greek, there are two kinds of time. We have chronos time and we have karos time. And we established the fact that chronos time is quantitative time. Chronos time 
is measured time. One minute, two minutes, three minutes, one hour, two hours. All of these are chronos time. They are, that chronos is out of the word chronos. We have the word chronology. So sequence, time in a linear scale. That is chronos time. Then we also have chaos time. And all of these two references can be found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1. But of the times and seasons, the word times is chronos, and the word seasons is chaos. And we went on to establish the need for us to understand the times. Is it important at all that we worry ourselves to understand these times we live in? Is it worthy of consideration? Is it something that we should even learn about? We established about seven important reasons why it's important. We appreciate time and value it. We understand times because God is a God of times and seasons. Number two, we said we need to understand time because God ordained time and scheduled seasons for our profiting. The reason why we have seasons is for our advantage. Number three, we said that God gave us time. So, because there's a right time and a proper season for every activity. We need to understand time so that we will know the right time to take the actions we need to take and the right season we need to function. Number four, we need to understand time so we can make the most of our lives by making the most of our time. The summary of your life is all rooted in the quality of your life is dependent on the quality of your time. When your time is invested doing productive things, your life will be productive. But when your time is wasted in profitless things, you will see that your life will also be going down on a very bad tangent. Number five, we said that we need to maximize time so we can maximize our opportunities in life. Time and opportunities work together. If you don't maximize your time, you cannot maximize your opportunities. And then number four, number six, we said we need to maximize time so we live our lives as wise and not as fools. Seven, we said we need to maximize time so we can pursue and understand the will of God in this season. As we continue this morning, I'm looking at discerning times. Discern the times. We need to be able to read the times as Christians. We need to discern. To discern is to be able to tell what the time is telling. We need to be able to look at the world clock and know that this is the time to do this. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 16 verse 1 to 3. One day the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to test Jesus, demanding that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. You are reading from the New Living Translation. He replied, you know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Three. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. That's very important. All of us, sometimes we are we try to do what meteorologists do. We look at the cloudy weather and we say, ah, the way the weather is going, it's going to rain. And sometimes our predictions come through, other times we miss it. That's what Jesus was telling the people. He said they could look at the weather and tell that it was going to rain or it was going to be dry. But they could not tell the times and do the profitable things they needed to do. 
told you on last Wednesday that the first time Jesus wept was because somebody did not, a group of people missed out on their time. They could not read the times they were in. And I don't want you, I don't want Jesus to weep over you. So I want to show you how to discern these times. I want you to know how you can be profitable in these seasons. How you can maximize your time and make the most of your life in these seasons. There is a need to discern time because of two reasons. One, we must discern time because all seasons and all times are not the same. All seasons and all times are not the same. That's why we need to discern times and be able to discern the season we are in. You need to know. Adolescence is different from adulthood. Childhood is different from adolescence. All seasons are not the same. We are told in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. He said to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Then he began to list the different things that are done in, at different times. He said there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to plant that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal. Then when you look at Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, he said while the earth remained, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not see. Now, so you can clearly see that there are different seasons and there are different times. Summer and winter are not the same. You can't wear your winter clothes during summer. It will be a very, you, you have a very bad time. It's the same thing. Cold and heat are not the same. Rainy season differs from dry season. So times and seasons are not the same. Old age is different from your youthful age. There are things you can do when you are 20. You can't do them when you are 80. You can't do them when you are, if you are 50. So times and seasons are not all the same. That's why we need to discern. If you are old, you need to know how old you are, what season you are in. If you are young, you need to know the season you are in. Then, of course, we need to discern times because different times and seasons require different responses. And this is why, this is one thing that is very important to me in these times. Different times and different seasons require different responses. Different times and different seasons. Jesus gave a parable like this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 16 to 17. Look at what he said. To what can I compare this generation? It is like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. 17. We played wedding songs. You didn't dance. So we played funeral songs. And you didn't mourn. Amazing. These were people who maybe probably became indifferent to the times and the seasons they are in. Hear me. It is very risky to be indifferent to times and seasons. Very risky. Very risky. When you are young, you need to know what a young person needs to do to advance his life. When you are under 30, you need to know what you need to do. When you are above 40, you need to know what to do. So, when you need to dance, you must dance. When you need to mourn, you must know when to mourn. It's an act of discipline. It takes an act of discipline and maturity to know 
when to do the right thing at the right time. Different seasons always require different responses. You cannot live your life in seed time like you were in your harvest time. It's not. You can't live. Seed time is a sowing time. So if you decide to be eating your seed when you need to be planting it, when it's harvest time, you have nothing to harvest. So you, different seasons require different responses. In times of adversity, there's a way you live. In times of challenge, in times of lack and want, there is a way you ought to live. Look at what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. He said, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. May you be joyful in the day of prosperity. When you are in a season of prosperity, you need to know that you are in a season of prosperity and live as such. But in the day of adversity, consider. So, He's simply letting us know that different seasons require different responses. In the day of prosperity, be, be joyful. In the day of adversity, consider. Consider a lot of things. He didn't specifically talk about the things to consider, but there are many things we need to consider in seasons of adversity. I like what Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. Philippians chapter 4. He said, not that I speak in respect of want. Now, you need to understand that if there was a man in scripture who knew how to function in different seasons and respond most appropriately to the various changing seasons of life, it was the man Apostle Paul. He said, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am in, therewith to be content. He said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe we should do the New Living Translation from verse number 11. New Living Translation. Most of the times, I hear a lot of people quote this scripture. And sometimes they quote it out of context. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. And these people have not learned to live in various seasons, respond to various seasons appropriately. He said, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content whatever I have. Verse 12. I know how to live on almost nothing and with everything. What a life. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. May you learn the secret of living in a situation where we have been quarantined and we have all been told to stay at home. Because some people don't know how to do it. He said, I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is in full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. How many of us can live life like that? When you have plenty, are you okay? Can you move on? When you have little, are you able to move on also? He says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. When we learn to be content, when we learn to live in plenty as though we're living in abundance, then God will be able to empower us to do everything by the strength he gives us. That is the context. If you are going to be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you, then first of all, you need to learn how to respond to the various changing seasons of life. So, the question we are considering this morning is what times are we in? What times are we in? And beginning from today on us, those are the, that's going to be the line of the teachings, discerning the times. What times are we in? If we are reading the times, then what is our watch saying at this time? 
What is our spiritual watch saying? What is the biblical watch saying? What is the national watch saying? These are things we are going to be considering. We'll be looking at things that your family watch should be saying at these times when you are under lockdown at home. What are we, what times are we in? Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. A time for every purpose under heaven. Then he says there is a time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to pluck what is planted. So we ask again. Is it a time to be born? Is it a time to kill? Is it a time to heal? Is it a time to die? Today we are looking at the time of life. What times are we in? We are in times of life. Times of life times of life. And I'll be using a scripture. The word time, the phrase time of life appears four times in the King James Bible. It appears four times in the King James Bible. It first appears in Genesis chapter 18 verse 9 to 10. I will not be using it in its actual context. I'm just borrowing it, the phrase time of life to communicate what I need to communicate. In the context of the word time of life, it, it had to do with pregnancy, the gestation period uh, of human life. He says, and they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent, verse 10. He said, and he said, I will certainly return to thee according to the time of life. If the Bible is yours underlined, the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah had it in the tent which was behind her. Verse 11, verse 14, please. Verse 14, 13 and 14. And the Lord said unto Abraham, 13 and 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Verse 14. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I'll return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Again, come with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 15 to 17. The time of life. That is the time we are in. The time of life. And I'll very soon be explaining to you what I mean by the time of life. Which is different from, like I said, the context within which the time of life was used here. Verse 16. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord. Thou, man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. Verse 17. And the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. So, in discerning the times, we need to know what time we are in. And we said we are in the time of life. The time of life, the phrase I borrowed I'll be using it in the sense that when I talk about time of life, I'm talking about a season to live and not die. A season to live and not die. A season to live and not die. We know that in our country, about eight people have lost their lives to the virus. But I know you will live. You and your family will live. The virus will come and pass and you and your family will still be alive. It's a season of life. Time of life refers to staying alive and not dying. Staying alive and not dying. Time of life. That's what it means in our context. Now, 
I want us to appreciate three reasons why you have life. Why you have life. Three reasons why you have life. Because if you are going to maximize the time of life, we need to appreciate why we have life. Number one, we have life to fulfill. You have life to fulfill your God-given purpose on earth. That's why we have life. God gives us life so we can fulfill his purpose for our lives. And I want you to know, no matter who has told you or what you believe yourself, what your teachers told you, I want you to know you have been wired and programmed for divine purpose. God has a perfect, unique, great plan for your life and your destiny. He says, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, I know the plans I have for you. Your mother may not have had a plan for you. Your father may not have had a plan for you. But God has a plan for you. He said, I know the plans I have for you and they are not bad plans. They are great plans to give you a future and a hope. I see you enter God's ordained future for your life. He spoke to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 verse 5. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the womb, I ordained thee as a prophet unto the nations. So God gives us a life, number one, to fulfill his purpose and plan for our lives. That's why, though we are under lockdown, we must not lose sight of God's purpose and plan for our lives. It was Martin Luther King who said, a man without purpose is not fit to live. This is a season. If you don't know God's purpose and plan for your life, in this season of solitude, one of the things you can do is to pursue it in prayer, pursue it in the way, pursue it through meditation. You have to, by all means, find Follow and fulfill God's plan for your life. That way, you will live a life of fulfillment. You will live a life of impact. The second reason why God gives us life is so we can make meaningful contribution to humanity. Now, you must understand that you exist to be a blessing and not a burden. God ordained you to be a blessing. And I know you'll be a blessing. May you be a blessing to this generation. May you be a blessing to your family. May you be a blessing to everyone around you. May your life be one of a blessing and not a burden. God ordained you to be a blessing. You are here to impart your world. You are here to impart your generation. And I pray that you won't die without imparting your generation. May the generations yet unborn be imparted by your, by your living impact and your lasting legacy. In the name of Jesus, he spoke unto Abraham, who is our father in the faith. And he said, indeed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. He said, I will bless thee. And indeed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. May multitudes be blessed through your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Look for opportunities to make a difference in the lives of others. That is one reason why God gives us life. The second reason, why, the third reason why God gives us life is to prepare for eternity. This is the third reason why we have life. Time of life. So in this time of life, by the grace of God, God has spared you and he will continue to spare you. You will fulfill the number of your days. As this season comes to pass, as you will continue to live through this season and as you continue to live even after this season, you must not lose sight that you exist to prepare for eternity. God gives us life, number one, so we can find and follow and fulfill his purpose for our lives. Number two, God gives us life so we can make meaningful contribution to our world. And God gives us life so we can prepare for eternity. That's why you need to always be ready. As a child of God, one of the places you must be ready for at any time is to be with the Lord. Paul was excited about being with the Lord. Look at what the Bible says. In much of the 4 verse 12. Therefore, that says, that's what I do unto thee, O Israel. 
And because I will do this, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. A lot of people are saying, oh, the Antichrist is coming. A lot of people, all kinds of things are going on. And for some people, they have become super anxious. But listen, when it comes to eternal matters as a child of God, you don't have to be anxious at all. Anytime the subject of uh, eternity is being discussed, it's not supposed to be a matter of anxiety. It should bring you joy. It should bring you happiness. Why? Because absent in the body means present with the Lord. And that's why you should not be worried. I, I don't waste my time. I don't like wasting my time discussing what is happening and all of those things because it's not important. I'm prepared to meet my Lord and my master any day, any time. That's what I believe is most important. So prepare. We have been given time. And let me tell you, the best way to prepare for eternity is to labor for the Lord. Once you are saved, the best way to prepare for eternity is to invest your life, invest your money, invest your time and resources in laboring for the kingdom of God. In the book of Revelation chapter 14 verse 13, it said, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now. Yes, says the Spirit of the Lord. They will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. Their works will follow them. When you die, would there be works to follow you? If tomorrow God decides that you should come and meet him, would there be works to follow you? Would you say you have labored enough for the Lord? Would you say you have invested your life enough in the things of God? That's what the time of life is about. God gives us time so that as we live on the planet, we prepare for eternity. Because you see, our shortest life is lived on earth. Our longest life is lived in eternity. That's why this is a dress rehearsal for the life to happen after. That's why we should not just live in here, in the here and the now. We must live with eternity in mind. Now, how to stay alive? In the time of life, you need to know what to do to stay alive. So how can you stay alive? How can you stay alive? I'm going to say a few things with you that will help you to stay alive in the time of life. Because there are people who sometimes in the time of life, by their own actions, they lose their lives. And I pray that you won't lose your life in this season. So how do you stay alive? Number one, if you are going to stay alive in this time of life, stay in God. Stay in God. Whoever you are watching with, you can tap the person and say, stay in God. If you are going to stay alive, stay in God. In the book of John chapter 1 verse 4, he said, in him is life and the life is the light of men. In him, in God is life. Outside God, there is no life. Stay in God. In the book of Acts chapter 17 verse 28, for in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. If you are going to enjoy the time of life, and if you are going to fulfill your days, you must stay in God. That's why if you are not born again in these challenging times we live in, this is the finest opportunity for you to give your life to Christ. You have to stay in God. Be in God. Unless you are in God, you are not saved. Number two, if you are going to stay alive, you have to stay in the word. Stay in the word. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years. I see you living many years. I see you living many years. You will fulfill the number of your days. 
He says, if you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. May your life be satisfying. This is from the New Living Translation. He said, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. The word of God gives life. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Stay in the word. Staying in the word gives you life. He said, my son, forget not my law. Incline thy ears unto my saying. Keep my command for length of days. And long life and peace shall they add to you. Staying in the word involves three things. One, attending to the word diligently. Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 21. He said, my son, attend to my words. Incline thy ears unto my saying. He said, my son, pay attention to what I say. Keep Keep what I have taught you. In, let them not depart from their eyes. Keep them in the midst of their eyes. For they are life to those who find them. And health to all their flesh. Staying in the word involves meditating on the word. Psalm 119 verse 97. He said, how I love that Lord. It is my meditation all the day. Staying in the word means meditating day and night on the word. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate day and night. And while at home, this is the best time to rub your mind with the mind of God. Engage the word of God. Think about the word of God. The New Living Translation puts it. He said, oh, how I love the Lord. Psalm 197. How I love your instructions. I think about them all the day long. What do you think about in these times? What do you think about? What forms your dominant thoughts in these times? Let it be the word of God. And then, of course, staying, staying in the word means declaring the word of God boldly. Declare it. The word of God must be on your lips. He said, this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. It shall not depart. Keep the word of God on your lips. Speak it boldly at all times. When you feel well, speak it. When you feel weak, speak it. The Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the food thereof. As long as you keep on speaking life, there is no way death can lay its hands upon you. The Bible said, I've said before thee life and death. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. I have said before thee life and death. Blessing and cursing. Choose life that thou and thy seed may live. Let me tell you, life is a choice. Life is a choice. And for you as a child of God, the best way you choose life is when you speak the word of God. Every time you speak the word of God, you are choosing life. Why? Because death and life are in the power of your tongue. And they that love it shall eat the food thereof. Number three, if you are going to stay alive, you have to stay in faith and give no place to fear. That's why at the early phase of this uh, disease or this pandemic, I took time to teach you on fear. Stay in faith. Four different times in the Bible, God talks about the just shall live by faith. As a justified child of God, what keeps you alive is faith. When faith is gone, your life is gone. May nothing cause you to lose your faith. Number four, if you are going to stay alive, you have to stay in wisdom. Stay in wisdom. Alive, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 17. CEV version says, don't die before your time by being too evil or acting like a fool. Here, God tells us two things that can let you die before your time. One, by being a fool or by living in wickedness. He said, don't die before your time by being too evil or acting like a fool. 
when they say we should stay at home, you are acting like a fool if you decide you will stay at home. That's, that's, that's the way of a fool. It means you want to die before your time. The Bible said, wisdom is a tree of life to those who find them. Walk in wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3, it said, a prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. There are some people who think that, oh, this thing is fake. This thing is not real. People have died through it. We have seen what has happened to others in Italy and other places. The virus is real. It's killing people. And that is something you need to take care of yourself. And if the health personnel say the measure, the appropriate measure to take is to stay indoors. It is wisdom to listen to the right instruction and to obey it. The New Living Translation puts it. He said, a prudent man foresees danger and takes precautions. The simple thing goes blindly and suffers the consequences of it. Number five, if you are going to stay alive in this time of life, stay away from sin and wickedness. Stay away from sin. Stay away from sin. You must understand that sin is a killer. Any day, any time, sin killed people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, sin killed people. Sin is a killer any day, any time. The Bible said the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Ezekiel 18, 20. The soul that sinned shall die. That's very important. That's very important. He said, Ecclesiastes said, don't be over wicked. Neither be foolish. So when you give yourself over to wickedness and foolishness, you are likely to die before your time. The Bible said in the book of Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27, the fear of the Lord prolonged days. But the years of the wicked shall be shortened. The wicked man will not fulfill their days. But because you are the seed of God, you are the righteousness of God, I see you fulfilling your days. So stay away from wickedness. Stay away from sin. Anything that does not honor God, anything that does not please God, stay away from it. While you are at home, some of us, if you don't take control of your life and take control of your mind, by the time you realize you are getting into all kinds of negative satanic demonic addictions pornography and all kinds of things will be failing your mind may the Lord deliver us and preserve us and then finally if you are going to stay alive in the time of life in this season particularly in this COVID-19 season stay at home and I like the way our president says it stay at home every time he appears to address the nation I like the way he puts it stay at home it's important. Stay at home. The Bible said Jericho was shut in and nobody went out and nobody came in. Jericho was an invisible nation. No demon or disease could enter Jericho because it was strictly shut in. Stay at home. If you don't have any meaningful, some of us just get up and we are not going anywhere. We are not doing anything meaningful or impactful. But we just want to. Some people can just get up and they say they want to walk out and uh, enjoy fresh air. <laughs> All kinds of things. Making the job of the police difficult. Let's cooperate with our uh, health professionals and our security officials. And make sure that we bring this pandemic under control. Stay at home when you, have, you don't have any business. Now listen. Staying at home can be likened to the cities of refuge God established in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God established the city of refuge. The cities of refuge were said that anytime somebody did uh, kill somebody, uh, not deliberately, but he killed somebody, maybe he didn't intend to, but accidentally, people would look for him and kill him. But what God did was that he ordained certain cities 
that if somebody killed another person, in the book of Numbers, when you get time, just read it. Numbers chapter 35 is there. When you kill somebody accidentally, there was a city of refuge. And any time anybody entered the city of refuge, there was no way any man could find him and kill him. Your home now can be described as your place of refuge. The virus will not transport himself and come to your home if you decide to stay at home. But if you decide to loiter about, moving from helter to scatter, when you don't have any meaningful or sensible reason to do so, you are just subjecting yourself to unnecessary risk. You need to walk in wisdom. Go back to Proverbs chapter uh, 22 verse 3 as I close. Proverbs 22 verse 3. The New Living Translation. Give me the message version. Proverbs 22 chapter 3. It said a prudent man. When we talk about a prudent man, a prudent man is a wise man. He says a prudent man sees trouble coming and ducks. Okay, the, the New Living Translation says, a prudent man foresees danger and takes precautions. Everything the government has told us to do so far, they are precautionary measures. We have prayed, we have believed God, we are exercising faith. But it's also important that we live as sensible citizens that are concerned about our lives. God wants you to live, God wants you to fulfill your days. But if you expose yourself to danger and you fail to take the right precautions, you will die like a fool. I pray that no one in our church family will be a casualty. I pray that no one listening or watching this broadcast will be a casualty. May the Lord preserve you. May the Lord protect you. May the Lord keep you. And may we all go through these dangerous and deadly times alive, strong, and healthy. No demonic attack will be able to touch you. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord keep you. May the Lord preserve you. May the Lord watch over you. May the Lord keep you and preserve you in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Once again, maybe you are on, you've not given your life to Christ. Like I said, the first step is to stay in God. Stay in God. If you want to stay alive, stay in God. How do you stay in God? By embracing the work of Christ on the cross. You want to say, Pastor, I want to accept Christ and make him my Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I call upon you. Come into my life. Forgive me my sin. Be my Lord. Savior. Thank you for saving me and making me all. I honor you and I bless you in Jesus' matchless name. Thank you for saving me and making me all in Jesus' precious name. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. Establish them in the word. Establish them in you and let nothing be able to move them away from your presence. We give you praise, glory and honor in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Alright, if you prayed that prayer, please take the numbers and reach out to us. The Lord bless you.